Well, good Friday morning to you. It is August 16, 2019, and here in my neck of the woods, it is a beautiful sunny morning. It's a little chilly. It's about 65 degrees, but that's okay. It makes for a great walk in the morning. All right, so thank you so much for those of you who are joining us live. I really, really appreciate it, and I, I do not take it lightly that you set time in your schedule to show up. So thank you so much. And for those of you who are listening to the recording, thank you. Um, I know some of you, you're driving, right? Uh, many of you are telling me, hey, man, I love to listen to you when I'm driving. So be safe out there, okay? All right, so today, uh, every Friday morning, for those of you who are really just joining this body of work, every Friday morning we host a live call. Uh, the focus and the topic is anything related to leadership. So today's topic, we are talking about the inner circle. So I'm going to describe for you a little bit about what it is, uh, a little bit about what it's not, because I think when you understand both of those, it's a little easier to pick. Um, and we're going to talk about who belongs in your inner circle, who's the most helpful, and I'm going to challenge you to really do an inventory and ask yourself, who do I need in my circle, and who do I need to maybe politely disinvite. So uh, I know many people who have followed my work know that I talk about this a lot. And today I'm really going to share with you more tips on how to do that disinviting process so that you do it in a way that still honors and values and respects the person that you're disinviting. Okay. And then if we have time, I'll share with you some of the, the people that are in my inner circle. Uh, to give you a better idea of who could be in your inner circle, okay? All right, so let's get going. So your inner circle. So these are the people who are the closest to you. They have the most direct impact and influence on you. So if you think about it, it could be people from work, right? So People in your inner circle at work tend to be either your, uh, the people that you directly report to or sometimes colleagues that uh, really encourage and inspire you. Uh, sometimes the people in your inner circle can be people who directly report to you and who also have that encouraging and inspiring uh, attitude about them, okay? Um, it can also be, of course, in your personal life. So I have many friends. Uh, some of them are in my inner circle. Some of them are not. And, of course, it could be family as well. So your family inner circle, uh, if you think about it, they're the people who you're, you are always going to, to ask for advice. Um, they're supportive. They're encouraging. And they're trying to help you. Okay. I would say for the most part, unless you really are aware of the principles I'm going to share with you today, for the most part, people uh, are not intentional about who are in their inner circle. Uh, it centers really around this idea of should, so who should be in my inner circle. So for example, many people who are in a, a relationship, so married, you know, whatever, your significant other, right, they assume that person should be in your inner circle, okay? 
And, you know, looking at it, you, you want them to be, right? You want them to be encouraging and supportive and, and helpful. Um, however, are they encouraging, supportive, and helpful? Okay, so, so let me give you an example. My husband, I love him dearly, so please don't read anything into this. Um, however, we're, we're kind of on this, uh, it's a different journey in awareness levels. Okay, so long story short, um, he is not able to really be that supportive, encouraging person in my life. I would love him to be. Honestly, I would. I would love to bring a problem and say, hey, man, can you help me out with this, right? Um, he's not able to do that. Now, he's willing. He's just not able. He doesn't have those skills yet. And so while I would like him to be in my inner circle, he's not yet. Okay. Um, some people think that um, your mother, right, maybe, maybe you have a, a, a mother still living and she's in your inner circle. And maybe you have a mom who's very supportive and encouraging. Awesome. That's great. And maybe you have a mom and you want her to be, but she's maybe not. Maybe your definition of success is different than her definition of success for you, right? And so uh, there's some... some uh, you know, you just don't necessarily click. You know what I mean, right? So we're talking about having people in your inner circle that have the most influence on you that's intentional. So you're not just assuming that this person should be in my inner circle because, you know, society or somebody told me they should be in my inner circle. Does that make sense? Okay, so why in the world do you want to even focus on this idea? Um, well, there's tons of research out there that shows that who you are five years from right now. So if you imagine that, just if you're able to, so if you're driving, please don't do this, but if you're able to safely close your eyes and imagine who do you want to be in five years? What work do you want to be doing? What goals do you want to be reaching? What successes do you want to have? See, who you are in five years is largely dependent on the people you hang out with, the books you read, and quite frankly, the environment you live in, um, the TV you watch, the thoughts you have or entertain, uh, even the words that you say to other people and to yourself. Now, listen, you don't have to agree with me and you don't have to understand this. This is science, okay? If you look up uh, a really great book that explains this is Bruce Lipton's Biology of Belief. So a uh, long, long story short, and I'm not going to go into quantum mechanics and, and uh, nonlinear dynamics, okay? I'm, I'll keep it really simple. But long story short, what happens is every five years, every single cell in your body is regenerated. So literally in five years from right now, you will be a completely different person at a cellular level, okay? So think about it this way. Um, a couple years ago, I, I was down in Florida doing some work, and I had a, um, a driver, and he was from the New York area. 
And New York has a very similar uh, climate to Michigan. It gets pretty cold in the winter, sometimes very cold. Uh, and, and I said, so tell me about this transition to Florida. You know, how did you find that? And he said, oh, my goodness. For the first six months, I struggled and struggled and struggled. And I went to the doctor and he said, about four months in, he went to the doctor and he said, man, I, I just, I don't have energy. I'm, I'm tired all the time. I don't know. I was, I moved down here because I wanted to have a better life. Am I going to have to move back home? And the doctor said, no, no, no. Give it another two months and then come back and see me. So he made his appointment, came back. Doctor said, hey, how's it going now? And he said, oh, man, I feel great. I feel wonderful. All of his problems were fixed. And he said, well, what happened? And the doctor said, well, see, it takes about six months for your blood to thin out. So when you're living in a more uh, a colder climate, your blood is a little bit thicker. And when you move down to that, that warm climate, it has to thin out. And until the blood thins out, you really can't, um, it's, it's just a process, right? So I was fascinated by this because what I know is that the environment you live in plays a huge part in who you're going to be as a person. So this guy, it took him six months to change his blood, right? And he says now when he comes back to New York, he has to be very careful because he can't handle the cold as much. Now, I'm sure this seems like a common sense thing, but when we're talking about the law of inner circle, I need you to understand that it's not just changing your blood in the climate you live in. When you sit around a table and you're having big idea conversations with people who are, are there to support you, they're changing your thoughts. They're literally changing you at a DNA level. Okay. Again, you don't have to understand or agree. It's just science. All right. So my challenge for you this week is to really take an inventory. Okay, so really be thinking about the people in your life that you are exposed to on a regular basis. So, uh, of course, it could be the people that are daily, right? So your family, your coworkers. Um, but also the people that you're exposed to regularly as in like, do you have a weekly meeting with somebody? You know, s several of my friends, we get together and we do um, a weekly study. Um, I have a weekly coaching call with my coach. Um, I have a semi-weekly conversation with somebody in the John Maxwell team where we just get together and kind of share what we've been learning, right? So do you have regular meetings? So what you're going to do is for, for all of those regular interactions, you're going to write down that person's name. And then you're going to, on a scale of 1 to 10, so this is your helpful scale, so 1 being low, 10 being high, what would you rate their helpfulness level at? So in general, okay? So don't don't think about maybe maybe you just had a really weird interaction with somebody. Don't. Don't label the last interaction you had, but in general, when you're with this person, how helpful are they? Okay, and then go one step further. So you have a definition of what, what success looks like to you, right? You have your goals, you have your things that you want to work on. Um, so does this person. 
whoever you wrote on that list, regardless of whatever their helpfulness number is, they have a definition of your success. So do me a favor and just kind of imagine if this person were telling you what their definition of success for you is, what do you think they would say? Go ahead and write that down. Now, some people you're going to find, ooh, there, there's maybe a little misalignment there. They expect this of me, but that's not really where I'm going, okay? If there's a misalignment in your definition of success, go check out that helpfulness number. I bet you anything it's going to be a little low. And the opposite is also true. If somebody has a very high helpfulness ratio, typically they have the same definition of success for you. Okay, so for example, um, as a coach, I hold the goal for the person that I'm coaching. So as they're going through the, the thinking process and, and, you know, really trying to work through their issue, I'm holding their original goal. They said, hey, I want X to happen. Okay, so as we're going through the conversation, I hold X for them. Uh, and everything that I do, every question I ask, every tip I give, um, the direction of the conversation is geared towards getting you your goal. Okay, so tell me what you want and I'm going to help you get it. That's the role of a coach. There are people in your inner circle right now who do that probably people in your inner circle who do not. So you're trying to figure out who's who, okay? So when you go through and you're doing this inventory, um, I want you to think about who might be missing. So typically in your inner circle, you want to have about five to seven people. Now, you don't have to, you know, have them all meet. So for example, you might have two people in your personal life and you might have three or four people in your work life, right? They don't all have to know each other, okay? It, it is great, and I've done this before where I've actually brought everybody together and, and kind of introduced them all to each other, and, you know, that adds another just really cool kind of added value thing to life, um, but you do not have to do that, okay? So this is just your inner circle. So think about who might be missing, Who's missing from your inner circle? So for example, um, you know, do you have uh, areas of your life that you're trying to grow? And for whatever reason, you look at your inner circle and you're like, huh, there's nobody here in this circle who's helping me. I realized several years ago, this was probably three or four years ago, I didn't have anybody in my inner circle who knew how to start, grow, or build a business. And I wanted to be a person who could do all of those things and have success in business. And so as I was looking around my inner circle, I'm like, huh, that's a hole that's missing. And so I began to recruit people in my inner circle who could do just that. Okay. Um, also, this is a really key one because I, I actually just had a conversation with a bunch of people this week at a training. And we were talking about the value of having people in your inner circle who do not think like you do, okay? Uh, you have the same values, right? So you have alignment there, but you think in a very different way. 
because what happens is that when people think differently, when they've been trained to think differently, um, they can bring more ideas to you. For example, I have a couple people on my inner circle right now that are outside of education because I distinctly want other types of thinking to help me grow my business. Okay, so do you have, look at that list, take your inventory. Do you have people that think differently, that have a different perspective? Okay, so when you're finding those uh, holes in who you would like, then, then start to think about, is there somebody in, you know, the realm of the universe of who you know that you can invite to be a part of your inner circle? So, you know, you don't have to get all weird about it. Just, you know, say, all right, I want to invite Susie into my inner circle, and so therefore let me just make, make plans to have coffee with her. Okay, and then just say, hey, would you mind if we meet regularly? You, you really inspire me, and I, I'd like to just pick your brain, okay? And then visualize, you know, maybe you don't know who's, who's out there that you could invite. Start visualizing who that could be, and not the actual person, but is this a person that has certain skills? So, for example, when I was really looking at um, kind of understanding more about the financial world, uh, because my past experience really didn't prepare me for that, I looked for somebody who had experience there and who also aligned with my values. And so I was visualizing this person. And then when I went to a networking meeting, all of a sudden I met this new girl and boom, I was like, you're my person, <laughs> okay? All right, so let's talk a little bit about what do you do when you do this inventory and you realize, hmm, there might be a person or two on here that's having a lot of influence on me. However, they don't really align with my definition of success. And if you were to look at them and really think through that process of who you want to be in five years, they may not be able to help you be that person in five years, okay? So what do you do? How do you disinvite them? So here's a couple tips. The first thing, please, 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 are you listening? Do not disinvite them outright. <laughs> okay, what do I mean by that? Do not call them up, email, text, communicate with them in any way and say, hey, I've been doing some personal inventory in my life and I found that you're not very helpful to me, so therefore I'm not going to be spending as much time with you. Listen, I know this sounds like common sense and common sense is a flower that doesn't grow in everyone's garden. So I just want to make sure that we're all on the same page here, okay? So the purpose of doing what we call disinviting them is to be more intentional about who you are spending your time with, not to let another person know that they are not helping you, okay? All right, I, I just wanted to make sure we're all on the same page. All right, so here's a couple things. First of all, Spend less time with them. 
okay? Look at your schedule. How much time are you spending with them? So there's two things you can do with your schedule. Schedule less with them. So for example, let's say you're having coffee with somebody every week. And for whatever, per this actually happened to me. This was about six years ago. I was meeting um, with two ladies and the purpose for why we were meeting was actually re a really good purpose. However, I found uh, after a few months, it was like a big complaining fest. Um, and I was actually starting to feel when I would go, get in the car to go to this meeting, I was feeling very anxious and kind of overwhelmed and um, almost hopeless. And I realized the effect that this meeting was having on me. So even though the purpose was to be a good one, the result was not. And so I, I just had to say, hey, guys, uh, my schedule is changing a little bit. I'm not going to be able to meet anymore. Okay? That's how you politely disinvite. Now, on the flip side, with these people who you determine are in your inner circle, you want to make sure that you are scheduling time with them, okay? Hoping isn't a plan. You can't just hope that you have more time with them. You've got to actually schedule it. I have just about every week, now maybe the month of August is a little bit different. Many of you know the month of August is very busy in my world. Um, lots of travel because we have lots of uh, teachers to prepare to get ready for school. So most of the time I have uh, a meeting with somebody in my inner circle, whether it be by phone or in person, every single week. Okay? So this is why it's important also to have several people in your inner circle so that, you, you know, one person isn't getting you every single week. I, I call it spreading out the crazy, right? All right, and then when you're together, okay, so let's say you're together with somebody who was previously on your inner circle and you've realized they, you don't want them anymore. When you're spending time, because let's face it, you know, if, if you realize that your spouse is no longer in your inner circle, you still have to spend time with them, right? And you want to. When you're spending time with them, try to listen to them, but internalize less. So you're kind of putting up these uh, walls in your mind, right? You're listening to them, you're allowing them to talk, but you're not allowing their words to go in. Okay, boundaries are really important with these people. So boundaries with your time, boundaries with, you know, you just having that protection, okay? So in, in a term that I understand is it guard your heart, right? Don't let those words in. And keep reminding yourself, this person is a valuable person and their value doesn't have to come in you, <laughs> okay? All right, so let me share with you a couple people who are in my circle. I'm not going to tell you their names. I'm just going to tell you who they are, kind of what they help me with. So maybe it'll give you an idea when you're thinking about uh, holes in your inner circle. So I have a dear friend. I've known her, I don't know, maybe four years and uh, met her at a meeting. And it was one of those where uh, there was this instant click. And so I saw it after her and I said, hey, I really, you know, just enjoy the way that you think. And, and I can see that there's lots of uh, information in the business world that I could really gain from you. And so we started meeting pretty regularly, I'd say once every couple weeks. 
Um, and now we're down to once every six weeks. And, and that feels really comfortable. We're both very busy people. Um, but when we get together, we set aside two, three hours, and we really, we talk big ideas. It used to be about business, and now it's more big ideas, so like philosophy things. Um, I just really, I know when I need to meet with her because I have this feeling, and I think about her all the time. So that's when I need to email and say, all right, let's get it on the schedule. And the last thing we always say to each other is, let's, let's, make sure it's not as long in between next time. <laughs> That's how you know they're an inner circle person when you really want to spend time with them. Okay. I have another dear friend. I've known her for many years and uh, we are in different circles together and we see each other all the time. Um, but it was one of those where we realized we had such a connection that when we're in the greater group of people, we tend to kind of serve them, we, we tend to help them, uh, show them kindness, compassion, you know, help them think a little bit. Um, but we're, we're kind of on a, a different level, okay? We, we think about things in a different way than the people in our group. And so she and I decided we're going to get together and we meet almost weekly. And honestly, we just talk about big ideas, <laughs> whatever's coming to our mind. And the conversation is always engaging. The time flies. Um, at the end of it, you, you walk away and you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm so encouraged and I'm so inspired, right? Um, and then I have another dear friend. I don't talk to her very often. We typically text quite a lot. And she's another big idea person. So if I'm uh, learning something and I can, I can just share with her, hey, I had this thought, or hey, I'm thinking about you, and it goes back and forth. Um, and then I have a couple of John Maxwell team members who, it's just a higher caliber of people who are on the John Maxwell team. Um, one person is my coach, and she, every single week, 6.30 a.m. on Saturday morning, we're on the phone, and she is encouraging me, and she's helping me grow. And then I have another dear John Maxwell team member who we try to every other week or so, we just get on, on uh, the phone. She travels a lot, so she's all over the nation. And we talk about not only big ideas and what we're learning, but what's the next big thing in our business. Um, and we try to really help each other think through any projects that we might have. All right? So that's just a few people who are in my inner circle who influence me, and I've been intentional about making sure that I've set my life up so that they influence me. Okay? And I could tell you all kinds of people who have been in my inner circle in the past and now who are no longer there. And I, if I were to really think about it, I, probably the reason why they were in my group before and they're not now is because for some reason they have made a choice, whether consciously or not, to stop growing. So at one time or another, they were in my inner circle because they were, you know, bigger than me. And I was like, yes, I need some of that, right? And so as I'm like go, going and learning and growing and struggling and, you know, doing all of that, they stopped growing and I have kept growing. And so now they're no longer in my inner circle. Does that make sense? Okay. 
Man, I hope this has been helpful for you today to get you thinking about this. I've had a lot of questions, especially this week, um, from different people. So I, I thought, wow, this is great. This is timely. Um, so make sure you do that inventory. So the people that you are um, connecting with on a regular basis, the 1 to 10 helpful scale, how helpful are they, and do they, what is their definition of success for you? Okay, does it align? And then think about who's in your inner circle, who would you like to be, and who do you need to disinvite. So there's a lot of thinking going to happen this week, okay? I'm so excited for you because when you have thinking, really good thinking like this, you begin to change your life, okay? All right, so next week for our live Friday morning teacher's call, um, or teaching call, I should say, uh, I will not be here. It will be hosted by my very good friend, Rose Pardiak. She will be sharing with you some thoughts on influence, what that actually means. Uh, I will be in Orlando with the John Maxwell team. I will be hanging out with John Maxwell and the faculty of the team and uh, many of my really good dear friends and, and those who are in my inner circle. I'm so excited about it. Um, so in two weeks, I will be back and I will share some of my key takeaways uh, that I learned when I was in Orlando. John always does uh, one session where he kind of tries out some of his new material, uh, usually something he wants to put in a book. He's just trying it out, see, see how the audience likes it. Um, so he previews it for us. So I'll, I'll bring that back to you and I'll share you, with you some of those ideas, right? Awesome. So with that, I release you into the wild, go forth and prosper, have an amazing week, and we'll talk to you in a couple weeks. All right, bye-bye.